Showtime Sports presents Showtime Boxing with Eric Raskin and Kieran Mulvaney. Welcome to a special edition of Showtime Boxing with Raskin and Mulvaney with my co-host Eric Raskin. I am Kira Mulvaney and we bring you big news in the world of heavyweight boxing with Deontay Wilder confirming that the next defense of his crown will be against Dominic Brazil at the Barclays Center in Brooklyn on May 18th on Showtime. Not Showtime pay-per-view, but Showtime. It caps a whirlwind few weeks of frenzied behind-the-scenes activity at the upper level of the sport's flagship weight class. And here to help us sort through it all is the first guest to appear twice on our podcast. It's almost as if he has an in with the bookers or something. (laughs) We are joined by the president of sports and events programming for Showtime, Stephen Espinoza. Stephen, welcome back. Uh, I'm I'm, I'm honored to be the uh, first two-timer. There you go. (laughs) Yes. So there's an awful lot to unpack here with all of this. Uh, Mm -hmm. But the top line element that leaps out here is the fact that this fight will not be on Showtime pay-per-view, but on regular Showtime. Obviously, we all know that sometimes pay-per-views are necessary, but I think we all agree that the fewer of them there are, the better. How did it come about that this fight will be on the network? Well, I think um, the assumption sort of generally in the market and, and probably you know here in the building was in order to compete with the kinds of options offers that Deontay was getting, it, it would have to be a pay-per-view fight. And that's really where we were operating. Um, having said that, um, that, that's really never a good way to arrive at a pay-per-view decision. Um, you know, you, you want the pay-per-view to be driven by the stature of the fight and the enthusiasm it's going to generate, not by financial necessity. So there was definitely some reluctance and hesitation internally about that. And then in talking with Deontay, he, he shared the same thing. Um, you know, he, he's been pretty open publicly, even before this announcement, that he didn't think that the Brazil fight quite hit the level that, that, that necessitated or, or, or really deserved, that merited a pay-per-view. And, and I think all of us, um, while recognizing this as a completely credible fight, you probably agreed. So we made the decision to, to flip it to Showtime, which requires a financial commitment so you know we did have what we had to do we sort of you know took off the couch cushions and collected all the loose change and you know we cut your guys's budget i know this is the first time you're hearing of it so, yeah wow what a way to find um, out yeah exactly someone will be in touch with you shortly to uh, work out the details um and we came up with the money you know um and it, it was entirely worth it. it 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 did require some stretching but um, it's it's good for the sport, it's good for the fight, it's good for Deontay, and it's certainly good for our subscribers. All right. As I mentioned at the top, uh, this sort of caps the end. It's been a fairly frenzied few weeks, to put it mildly. So let's take a little step back in time here. December 1st, 2018, Staples Center, Los Angeles. At the end of that night, you must have been buzzing with not only how well the Wilder Tyson Fury fight went, but with the massive amount of tension it generated. There was this real sense of, oh my God, the heavyweight division is back. This is fantastic. And I imagine you walked away from that event feeling as if not only was the heavyweight division in a great place, but you were well placed within that heavyweight division. Um, then all the indications were that everything was progressing very smoothly towards doing a rematch between those two guys. Until from the outside, very suddenly, 
Fury and Frank Warren announced on February 18th that they were entering into a, into a deal with Top Rank and ESPN. How much of a shock was that development to you? When did you know it was happening? How close were you to sealing that Wilder Fury rematch? Uh, it, it was a complete shock, and I think it was a shock to virtually everybody, including, uh, to my knowledge, um, Frank Warren. Um, <laughs> because this deal, I understand, was, was sort of engineered by Top Rank through MTK, the management company. Mm-hmm. And really, everyone outside of that um, was, you know, was, was out of the loop. So we were, from our perspective, on you know, maybe not the one-yard line, but certainly inside the five-yard line on the deal. Mm-hmm. Um, and things had gotten a little bit quiet, but not for long enough to really be alarmed. So there had been maybe five or six days, of, you know, a week of, of no communication, which isn't that unusual, but starts to get to the point where you're like, oh, what, what's going on? And then that announcement came out. It blindsided everybody. And we really had no indications, uh, no indications that there was anything wrong with the negotiation. Um, Tyson Fury had told us you know, personally that he was uh, thrilled with the promotion, that he had never been treated uh, more fairly and, and more uh, generously you know, in any time that he'd uh, worked with anyone. So he was, seemed very happy about coming back. So it was it was a complete shock. Mm. So once that happened, once Fury made the move to top rank, that began an intense month of lobbying and maneuvering. Uh, Bob Arum reportedly made a multi-fight offer to Wilder to fight on ESPN uh, with that deal uh, theoretically culminating in a rematch with Fury. Uh, and then DAZN, which is throwing money around, made a big pitch that reportedly included not only a fight with Anthony Joshua, but a guaranteed rematch. Obviously, you're working hard during this time to keep Deontay with Showtime. At what point did you begin to breathe more easily and feel comfortable that everything was going to work out? Um, not until relatively recently. Not until I'd say... You know, the last week to 10 days, uh, I was more comfortable and, and, you know, over the weekend, you know, finally completely comfortable. Um, you know, I know that along the way, you know, uh, Wilder has always sort of valued his independence, his autonomy. Mm-hmm. Um, he could have had a multi-fight deal with Showtime. He could have obviously had a multi-fight deal with a variety of outlets, but that's not his priority. You know, it, it actually is the opposite. Um, he values the ability to move around, to not be uh, you know, beholden to anyone, not take directions from anyone, um, to be able to adjust on the fly and not get locked into the kind of either promotional disputes or the different allegiances and rivalries that sometimes prevent fights from happening. So, you know, he got sucked into this wild courtship um, but really what his intention was, was not really seeking out a long-term deal or even leaving Showtime. His, his priority was trying to make one of these two big fights. Right. And it became clear through this process that other people, although they gave lip service to wanting that same thing, they were actually using the opportunity for something else. So when, he, you know, when ESPN and, and Top Rank made their pitch and made their written proposal, which I've seen, um, it was not for a Tyson Fury fight. It was a series of fights, okay. um, one of which was Tyson Fury. 
but it was it required a commitment to top rank and ESPN. Similarly, on the zone, while it was a very generous offer, it was a deal that included several fights, some of which, you know, one or two of which were going to be Anthony Joshua fights and others which were not. And, and again, that's not what he wanted. That's not what he was interested in. It's not what he was seeking. And that ultimately killed them. So people were, I think, looking for using this as an instrument, using this as a crutch to get in the conversation and then presenting something very different. And that ultimately, you know, killed this. And if there's an obstacle in this whole thing to getting these big fights, it's in fact the kinds of proposals that people made. Um, when Deontay made the offer to Anthony Joshua um, you know, last summer, or when he made the proposal to Tyson Fury, it didn't require signing with Showtime. It didn't require a series of fights. It was a one-fight deal. Um, but yet when people got Deontay in a room, they said, here, here's a contract for five fights. You know, and that's mm. ultimately what killed them. So I'm, I'm still optimistic, call me naive, but I'm still optimistic that we can make these big fights. We just need to get back to the conversation about a fight. You know, look, everyone tried to sign Deontay to long-term deals. It didn't work. You know, he stayed where he is. Now let's talk about making the fights that everybody wants. That's right. what Deontay has been trying to talk about. That's what I think would be a more successful approach. Right. And, and, and it seems like the, some, of, some of the other people uh, who had his ear didn't necessarily understand what he was after that, that uh, as well as you did, that it seems like this was not Bryce Harper looking for the longest deal possible, uh, that, that his attitude, you're saying, is more fight by fight. I want the big fights and, and I'm not looking to lock myself down to, to a long term deal. Right, because I think, among other things, you commit to the zone for several fights, you're not going to get the Fury fight, um, and vice versa. Um, you know, or even, look, for that matter, he may have the same approach with Showtime, um, you know, and, you know, because he, you know, he has not, he's expressed that he's not interested in a multi-fight commitment here either. Um, you know, and I'm, I'm comfortable with that. that. That has been his M.O. since the very start, and he remains loyal. And what I think is critical about that word loyal is people assume that loyalty means turning down, turning down a whole pile of money. And although we didn't structure anything like a hundred million dollar offer, um, you know, we're not expecting him you know, out of loyalty to take a fraction of what he could get on the open market. You know, that's not to us what loyalty is. What loyalty is is sort of, if you got a bunch of offers, that are in the same ballpark, I see loyalty as a tiebreaker, you know, and, you know, he appreciates what we've done. You know, he's made a lot of progress through his hard work and ours and loyalty means, Hey, we we get the benefit of the doubt when things are close. And I think that's the way it worked out. So, the boxing landscape, you don't need us to tell you this, but boy, it sure has changed rapidly. <laughs> um, yeah, right. it, it wasn't very long ago that Showtime's, what seemed like Showtime's really only rival was HBO, uh, as Eric and I can attest, that's no longer the case. Um, you know, now, as, as we've talked about, you know, ESPN's in the game in a major way, DAZN is just hurling money, um, <clears throat> and even PBC, which has been Showtime's major partner for some years now, is 
frankly taking a lot of its best fights and fighters to Fox and FS1. And, and I'm curious, is this actually the most challenging period that you've gone through in terms of keeping Showtime at the forefront of boxing in the US? And how much do you think that that flexible approach that you just talked about, that you're content to, to, to have with terms of like Deontay, with not necessarily insisting that you tie guys down to long deals, how much of an advantage do you think that's going to give you going forward in this landscape? Well, it, it, is, it is a risk. Uh, to be completely honest, and not everyone is going to show the kind of loyalty that Deontay has, um, and and not everyone has his his approach. Um, but if you look at many of the PBC fighters, I think that's what they believe as well. Um, whether it's you know Thurman or Spence or the Charlos or or Broner, they've all been offered multi-fight opportunities, and it's um, you know they cherish their independence and not uh, in being able to uh, make their own decisions. Um, I think that that flexibility and understanding what the fighters' motivations and, and goals are is, is in fact critical to the whole process. Um, because I, I think the fundamental assumption, I think, out there both in the industry and maybe among fans is, you know, a big check should win the day. And look, anybody, I mean, I don't know anybody who doesn't want a check for $100 million if that's in fact <laughs> what, what, what it meant. Um, but there are always strings. There are always different restrictions. There are always conditions. There are always, uh, you know, little details that come that may not be uh, that may not be apparent, you know, uh, at, at the outset. So, you know, money isn't everything, particularly if you believe that that money is going to come regardless. Um, and I, I think that's what Deont- the decision Deontay made is. You know, he believes he's going to get the big fights. And it will be more advantageous to get him to get those big fights on his terms, on individual negotiation, than signing away, agreeing to a fight, and then allowing the zone or ESPN or someone to set the date and the location Mm -hmm. and you know the financial terms and essentially choose him, uh, treat him as an employee for hire. Mm. It's interesting though. Are you finding that you're having to? take a kind of different approach than maybe you were a year, 18 months ago. Now we have these behemoths with all seemingly limitless budget. Um, it, you know, it, it is a, a different approach, although it isn't that different from the initial iteration of PBC mm. when we sort of, you know, they, they spread their talent across a number of different networks from NBC to Spike to others. And, you know, at that time, I think what's, it's easy to get really frustrated when you focus on the small picture. And when you see, I believe it was, was I think it was Garcia Peterson was one of the fights. I think there was a Keith Thurman fight. There were a bunch which were being spread around and it was frustrating looking in at the micro level at the macro level. I think we had to sort of relax and realize, look, they will come back. And, and in fact, I think we even said that to people. It's like, okay, this is the end of Showtime Boxing. Uh, we heard that in 2015. Right. Yep. And uh, literally, I think the response was, hey, like, relax, chill out. Like, they'll be back. Like, there is a larger strategy. And in the long run, that's exactly what happened. So, yes, I think, look, we, we know that Fox needs some fights, some strong fights to launch. And they had a, I, you know, I think a really interesting event uh, on, on the pay-per-view. Um, but in the long run, you know, this, the idea is not to 
put Showtime out of business. I think the PBC looks at this more like the NFL. And the NFL sees strength in spreading their product across as many platforms as possible and keeping each of those platforms happy and healthy. Mm. And, and that's what the NBC, the NBC doesn't take all of its best games and put them on Fox or CBS. You know, everybody gets some pretty good games and, you know, some mid sized games and a couple of clunkers. And, you know, <laughs> you try to avoid the clunkers, but, you know, everyone gets a, a fair share. Um, maybe we don't get quite the pick of litter that we once had when we we're the only game in town, but we also get the benefit of a rising tide of, you know, more people talking about the sport, at least right. ideally. Right. So all of this behind the scenes maneuvering is, is fascinating. And it's obviously been, uh, the focus of everyone in the industry these last several weeks. But of course, for the fans, what ultimately matters most is the fight. So, so uh, we have to talk a little bit about the fight itself. Uh, Wilder mm-hmm. will be a big favorite, but as underdogs go, Brazil has two key selling points. He can punch and he's usually an exciting offense-minded fighter. Uh, and the press conference revealed that there's some major personal tension here. Uh, much of it apparently right. centered around a confrontation in an Alabama hotel lobby. Uh, what can you <laughs> What can you tell us about how serious this grudge is, and just what are your expectations surrounding the fight itself? Did, did you Did you ever think you'd be speculating about the confrontation in Alabama? <laughs> <laughs> At any point in your career, you'd be analyzing that confrontation. Um, it's, uh, it was very real, and, and, and clearly they have very different perceptions of what happened, you know, if you could decipher that um, from all the chaos at the press conference. Um, but there was something very personal and very heated, and they don't like each other very much, and there's, there's nothing artificial about it. Um, this is not going to be a promotion like the Tyson Fury one when there was genuine affection. And, look, I, I think uh, Brazil does present size and experience and personal motivation. You're right. He's not a runner. Um, he is aggressive and, uh, you know, presents as much risk as any, you know, high-level heavyweight, which is to say there's always a risk in the heavyweight division. So uh, it is, you know, this fight landed where it should. Uh, on a premium network, it's it's not quite the pay-per-view caliber matchup. And, you know, I am, again, call me a naive, but I know what Deontay wants, and he wants those big fights. Um, he wasn't the one who walked away from the Fury rematch or the Fury purse bid. Um, and I know he's going to want us to you know, revive those conversations as soon as this fight is over about getting one of the big fights. Um you know, we'll try on both ends. We'll try Fury. We'll try Joshua. I'm not sure which one is more likely. Um, uh, I think what what I hear, if I if you try to cut through all the all the uh, all the, the different charades and 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 wordsmithing that's going on, it, it seems that maybe the Joshua side is a little bit more, I'd say, enthusiastic about doing the fight immediately because I, I sort of keep hearing about a plan and marinating and building the fight on the Fury side, you know, all of which are things that, you know, no boxing fan wants to hear. That kind of sounds like maybe that's a fight that's two or three fights down the line, but that's just a guess. It's not going to stop us from pursuing both of those because I, I think the time is right to get both of those fights done in the near future. All right. Finally, on a lighter note, um, 
I mentioned this on Twitter today, but Brian Custer is pretty much the smoothest, most unflappable guy I've ever met. Even he looked a little tense standing between those giants at the face-off. For the record, if you'd have asked me to host that press conference, I would not just have been hiding behind Deontay. I would not just have been hiding behind you. I'd have been hiding behind Kelly Swanson during that. So um, I hope you did give BC some danger pay for that, right? Well, he, he didn't actually um, get punched or pushed. He didn't, uh, you know, take a fall, you know, uh, on the, on the Fury press tour, Shelly Finkel took a couple of falls along the way <laughs> like that. You know, if you do that, that's what qualifies you for hazard pay. Like you don't get the hazard pay for just the risk of physical injury. There has to be an actual physical injury. So, um, he, you know, he could have taken a fall and maybe gotten a, a few more dollars, but unfortunately, no, there was no extra uh, money in it just because of the risk. Sp- spoken so we, like a man with a background as a lawyer. Right. As a lawyer, exactly. <laughs> Boy, we learned a couple of things today. Our budget's getting cut, and we're not getting extra money unless Deontay Wilder hits us. You are a harsh you're, boss, Stephen Espinosa. Right. <laughs> I, I guess the third appearance is probably a long way off. You know, <laughs> yeah, all, all of a sudden. all right look that will do it for this special edition of the showtime boxing podcast thanks very much to steven espinoza for joining us um we will of course have a lot more to discuss during the build-up to may 18th and we will also be looking ahead over the coming weeks to the april 5th showbox triple header from las vegas and the april 13th showtime boxing special edition from atlantic city featuring claressa shields and christina hammer Uh, we will be back next week until then thanks for listening